This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, August 20th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. The military budget has for too long been treated too differently from other federal spending. And if budget hawks are serious about cutting spending overall, it's time to take a serious look at the military budget. So says Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. We spoke today. What Paul Ryan did with the Ryan plan is talk about how to reform domestic discretionary spending on one level to the uh, turning all of the welfare programs, the means-tested programs, as Clinton did, into block grants uh, and third Medicare. Uh, so people have tended to focus on the reforms that he's put into entitlements, where a lot of the big dollars are. Um, there's a second focus, and that is another focus, and that's war on defense spending. Uh, I'm not a big advocate of making any hero for fiscal responsibility be responsible for everything. People used to do this to Dick Army. He would have one good idea, and then everybody with a good idea would insist that Dick Army carry their good idea with them. Uh, and so while uh, Ryan has done yeoman's work on coming up with ideas of how to bend the cost curve on Medicare, on means-tested uh, programs, uh, there needs to be an entirely new generation of thinkers on the Hill, hopefully coming off some of the, the committees that deal with military spending, uh, coming up with how do we spend on the military more wisely, more intelligently, and less expensively. Something that you had said uh, recently was what perhaps needs to happen is to hand the military a budget number and say, this is the number, now you need to make decisions. Fundamentally, wouldn't that just force a, if the number were much smaller than it is now, fundamentally force the Pentagon to rethink what its purpose is? The Pentagon has been treated differently from other spending. One of the reasons is that the, the modern Republican Party has both had to be responsible for limiting overall government spending and as the party that, that dealt with foreign policy responsibly during the Cold War. Uh, it has the credentials as a party that cares about national defense uh, and tries to build its credentials as the party of limited government. Um, one of the challenges that we have with defense, we have exactly the same situation at the state and local level with uh, uh, prison reform uh, and judicial issues, where the conservative and Republican position was lock them up and whatever the prosecutors say is, is good, uh, and whatever the prison guards union says is okay. Because the liberals clearly had no credibility on the issue of punishing criminals because they don't think criminals are responsible for what they do. And historically during the Cold War, the left seemed to think that wasn't any threat to the United States worth paying attention to. So I would argue conservatives have a, a double responsibility, both on the issues of how many people you put in prison and on how much we spend on national defense, which is liberals who want to cut the defense budget or who think we should have fewer people in prison or in prison for a shorter period of time don't have any credibility because they can, of course you don't because you don't take this issue seriously. It is conservatives who take national defense seriously that need to lead on how you spend that money more intelligently and how you reduce the overall cost of the economy because that's part of maintaining a strong America. If our government was a fraction of its present size, we'd be growing much more dramatically. We would leave potential uh, enemies or critics or people who are hostile to us in the dust uh, as we grew away from them uh, over time, which we've done with much of the world. Uh, but it ought to be our strategy of being several generations ahead of the rest of the world on technology, on income, 
uh, and on desirability of, of our society. I mean, we can outshine the rest of the world by having a society where people want to move to rather than by going and jumping on top of their heads and telling them how much better we are than them. Do you think the unwillingness among many Republicans, and certainly it's not universal, but the unwillingness among many Republicans to cut military spending actually makes it more difficult to cut entitlement programs, to reform those programs as well? It works both ways. When you want another dollar for the Pentagon, the Democrats in Congress will insist on two dollars for social welfare spending. The period when we're able to actually bring down spending as a percentage of GDP was after the Cold War when the Pentagon wasn't demanding more money. And in fact, the defense budget as a percentage of the economy began to come down from six towards four percent. That made it easier re to reduce other spending because there wasn't the deal where the Democrats like Tip O'Neill would go to Reagan. You want another dollar for your military buildup in the 80s against the Soviet Union, it'll cost you an awful lot of uh, money for subways. Uh, if, and so they hold defense spending hostage in order to get other kinds of spending. Now, there's a virtuous cycle on that, which is if you can bring defense spending down or at least not have it increase as a percentage of GDP, the pressure and the leverage that the spenders have to spend on other things is reduced. But we should always be, first of all, deciding what's a legitimate defense need, what's our the actual defense strategy that defends the United States. Uh, and gets us uh, not doesn't put us in harm's way, but keeps the country and the people out of harm's way, uh, and deters would-be bad guys. Um, what does that what does that mean? What's that cost? And having said that, are there ways to do it less expensively? Dick Armey's proposal years ago to downsize the number of military bases would have been something you thought was intractable and possible to do. But he came up with a base closing commission which changed the incentives and allowed us to close down unnecessary bases that did nothing for American defense. We wasted a lot of money. Uh, one of the questions is how many of our overseas bases are unnecessary and, and cost more uh, than we need to? Uh, and then what are our strategies? What, what is it that we do that costs a great deal of money? Is it necessary? What are the alternative uses of those resources? What are the opportunity costs? I would argue that one of the challenges uh, that George W. Bush had was he got so focused on Iraq and Afghanistan that he wasn't focused on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the damage done to the American economy by allowing those government entities to suck resources out of the private sector and bankrupt themselves and a whole bunch of other and taxpayers um, did a great deal of damage to America's capacity to defend itself uh, and our economic strength and our ability to fund uh, a, an adequate national defense. Presidents only have so much bandwidth. They can only focus on so many things. Ronald Reagan, while confronting the Soviet Union, was always focused on growing the American economy and expanding liberty as central parts of a strong national defense. And other presidents have lost that focus. What sense do you have that today's Republican Party has that thrust within it, understanding this strong linkage between a, a strong economy and how much we're spending overall? Uh, if we end up with a Republican House, Senate, and President, which I think is most likely to happen in, in January, there's going to be a great focus on reducing spending overall, all the entitlement reforms, the Ryan budget plan. Then there's going to be an argument also, well, does that apply to national defense and to the Pentagon? Uh, and conservatives need to remember that just as spending money on something called education 
doesn't mean people are educated. And spending money on something called welfare does not mean it adds to the general welfare. Um, calling something national defense doesn't mean it is. It may not be. It may undermine national defense if it's a waste of resources, if it's a misallocation of resources, if it gets you in more trouble than it solves, if it creates more enemies than it, than it removes. Um, and so we need to have a rethink of our budget. And we need to be as serious in terms of winning independent voters in the country. Republicans and conservatives need to say, as Gingrich used to say, I want to make the Pentagon a, a triangle. Okay. I don't know if we have to make it a triangle, but we ought to at least constantly be asking, what's too much? How could we spend better? How could we do better procurement? How many civilian employees do you need in and around the military? As many as you used to? Have there been any increases in productivity? With all of the new increases we have in productivity, we have a lot fewer farmers than we used to. We have a lot fewer manufacturers producing more manufactured good than we used to. A guy with a drone, do you need as many people? Uh, if you have that much uh, equipment to go with each person. So when we talk about downsizing the military, some of its increases in productivity, we don't think about downsizing the number of farmers, although we've gone from 90% of the people farming to 1% of the people farming, and we have more food to show for it. What are the opportunities in, in military expenditures and defense expenditures that can save money? And again, Republicans, to remain credible, in dealing with budget reduction and overall keeping spending down need to be as serious about spending on those things mentioned in the Constitution as they are critics of those things that aren't mentioned in the Constitution. I mean, if we take national defense seriously, and we think the left doesn't, we need to be more serious about rooting out waste than the left, because the left considers the Pentagon a plaything to, to put in all sorts of social experiments and spending on various interesting things <clears throat> that they can stick into that budget. We ought not to allow that to happen. We ought to make sure that all the waste is taken out, not because national defense isn't important, but because it is important. In one of his very first speeches in the Senate, uh, Rand Paul said, yes, I want to cut a lot of domestic spending, but here's the olive branch I'm willing to offer in order to get those cuts, which is I understand that we have uh, a bloated Pentagon and that we need to make cuts there as well. Look, anything the government does is going to be wasteful, and, it need, and, and there doesn't in the military or the criminal justice system or the post office, uh, you don't have competition to keep prices and costs down and to tell you what, what makes sense. So anything the government does is, is challenging in terms of making it work. That's why conservatives need to focus on reining in spending, figuring out how to bring down government spending, and asking the, the, the difficult questions of do you really need X? I mean, the answer is sure if it was free. Um, but we've, and we've seen some leadership decision not to continue the Crusader uh, mobile artillery piece, which would have been really helpful in World War II and perhaps not necessary now. At least the Pentagon said it wasn't necessary. And we also need to combat the idea that, that the, the, the Defense Department is a jobs program. There's some people who call themselves conservatives who are actually Keynesian make work FDR um, guys. At when they, they laugh at that when we see an $800 billion stimulus package. We know that's garbage. We know the money's wasted. We know those aren't real jobs. You haven't created jobs. Um, it's just government spending that makes the country weaker. The same is true for any dollar wasted in the name of national defense. Doesn't create jobs, takes money out of the real economy, and puts it into the government sector. It kills as many jobs over here, if not more, than it moves. It can move. Government can move jobs by stealing money in one place and putting it somewhere else. Can't create jobs. And 
I think that some people who think they're conservative advocates of a national defense, who use the left's argument for government spending, oh, if the government spent a jillion dollars building more tanks, we'd create jobs. No, you didn't. You would move jobs from people who build cars to people who build tanks. You don't have more jobs. You probably have less jobs because there's a lot of blood in the water when you have to go take that money in the first place by force. Um, so let's never get our guys out there arguing that make work projects um, and that shifting money from the private sector to the public sector creates jobs. It moves them around. And I think it's very disappointing to hear some, I, I understand the arguments and between now and November, we'll hear them because guess in, in the short run, if it's your job that's disappearing, that it's sort of true. But in the broader sense of the national economy, moving a job from the public sector to the private sector makes us freer, richer, and better off, not more difficult position. Grover Norquist is president of Americans for Tax Reform. You can read more about our bloated military budget at our website, cato.org.